Hello and welcome to episode number 206 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. We're back. We are back indeed. Um, We're back, back after. Movies. Yeah, we are. That's it's crazy, man. Like this is yeah, we're going to talk about it in this week's show. Um, but two months. This is the first new horror release we've seen in two months, which is insane. Um, is that is not even close in terms of like it's by far the longest we've ever gone without covering a new horror movie for the show since you know episode one. <laughs> um, but of course, yeah, we had like the episode 200 celebration. We had the four weeks of Scream, which what a lovely time that was. Hey, that was just awesome. That was um, a good time. That was a good yeah. time. We should we get need, back to it. Yeah, we really need <laughs> to do more of those because they just, I don't know if the listeners have as much fun, but I sure as hell do. Um, and uh, and then we talked a bit about the Twilight Zone last week, which is actually really fun and awesome. So that was cool. Yeah. Um, but no, Shudder is keeping us um, busy, I think, for the next few weeks, actually, because they've actually mm. got three or four different releases um, in July and August that sounded pretty interesting to us. Um, and first up was Lake of Death, um, which we'll be talking about shortly. Um, but yeah, first, as always, we start with the news. Quite a lot to get through this week. Um, some good oh, and yeah. some some very terrible, which will probably <laughs> end on the very terrible to get us really sad. But let's start with some let's good. Um, that sounds like the way to do it right yes um but uh yeah i've already had like a list of news items to go through and then of course the big news dropped today that we knew was going to happen so we may as well just slot this in right at the top um fright fest uh 2020 the sort of the first ever digital event for for the festival um Mm -hmm. obviously we talked about it in the news uh they're still going to be going ahead all the plan at least for now as as always these things are of course subject to change but uh they are going to be expanding their October event um, and having that as kind of the big flagship show. But then obviously they're still going to be bringing us um, a digital only event in August. Um, so, of course, open to all residents of the UK. You don't have to, like, obviously go to London for this time. So that's pretty much a massive benefit. Um, Definitely interesting to note that, yeah, it is, was it geotagged to the UK? Yes. So it, mm-hmm. it will not open up for overseas listeners. Yeah, unless, of course, you have one of those sneaky VPNs. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, and obviously, yeah, Never this will be... <laughs> so, what, like, was our, our first one was 2016, wasn't it, um, with 31? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah like, we can, we're, we're still going. We're keeping our streak alive, which is awesome, even though we won't be there in the flesh. Um, but, yeah, we will be attending uh, online, um, as mm-hmm. are many of our listeners, I'm, I should uh, I think they will be. Um, and yeah, like the lineup is out. Obviously, what was there about 25 films, I believe? Yeah, that's um, what I was in trying to look at. Because obviously there's, there must be, because what have we got? We, there's 13 slots. So that mm. makes 26 selections, but not everything is a film. So. Yes, there's podcasts, there's uh, documentaries. Um, yeah. There's like a panel as well. Yeah. Um, and then, it's yeah, there is also like there's the Thursday movie, which goes up on its own as well. Um, and then, of course, there is the short film showcases as well. Mm. So there's about yeah. 30, give or take. Obviously, if you don't want yeah, to actually include like just movies, maybe it is closer to 25. Yeah, probably even less than that. But yeah, yeah. there's there's obviously... Um, yeah, decent showing across the four days. Yeah, and you you effectively get get a, a two options for each slot, whereas ordinarily, I guess you'd get three, sometimes four. Yeah, and that that was surprising to me. We we discussed that before, really. How, given that it is a digital event, I did not expect them to stagger it this way um, because no. that was part of the news today. Um, I did expect um, it yeah, just here's, being. Here's the twelve films that you're going to get to see for Fright Fest this year. 
Yeah, well, e- even like or, I, cause or I was expecting, yeah, like I expected them to go like a because we've seen six movies in a day before, obviously at Fright Fest, mm. and that that's when you have like say three or four options. Whereas now the most you get is four in the day, with it being only two options. So obviously mm. it is less. Um, but I I did expect it to just be like almost five or six per day, and, and you know there is no options. It's just here are the movies you're gonna see. Yeah. Um, so it's an interesting choice because obviously. Um, it, it's a weird one for me where I do quite like the fun of kind of picking and choosing and especially when we've gone in previous mm. years I think last year was like one of the best ones for that where we yeah. so very often ventured away from the main screens um, not only because we actually much prefer the Prince Charles cinema to just a venue um, as opposed to the kind of the uh, the main one in Leicester Square as it was but also just those movies seem to draw us in a lot more and so I do like that they kind of have tried to at least replicate that um, mm. but obviously I, re- yeah, I really like two choices. it. I think, I think yeah. you know, getting that headache and that kind of pull between them, and, and it almost makes you kind of root for that film more because mm. you've kind of picked it and stuff. And so yeah. I, I think that's part of the magic of Fright Fest, and I'm glad that they've captured that with a digital event. I think just giving us a slate of, um, you know, five or six movies a day, and, and that's it. Pick, you know, take them or leave them and, and create your own slot gaps. Like, I'm already thinking, like, okay, well, I've got this 50-50. I want to pick one and see what this is about now. And mm. then it kind of makes you invested to, to go watch them and not just have these big old gaps in your day. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think, you know, I think they made the right choice there, and I'm glad that they did. Um, yeah, but that was always such a respect. fun thing when you're at the festival because it's like, oh, what are you seeing? I'm going to see this. And then it's like, oh, you have to let me know, you know, how it is. Yeah. And that That is always such a fascinating thing where – I, I completely with you in terms of you do root for it because I especially think of, of our um, experience last year where yeah. I think we saw so many movies that I just couldn't imagine, you know, going to the festival and having not seen those movies. And then there's so many other people that never saw those movies that still had an equally amazing time um, yeah. that didn't see lo- the likes of, you know, freaks and movies like that, for example. Um, so, yeah, it is it's such a fascinating aspect to the festival for sure. Um but uh, yeah, obviously it's coming at the end of August. We're definitely going to let you guys know kind of what we're thinking about um, going to see. Because um, obviously, yeah, it's, I should, should say as part of this news that the tickets do go on sale this Saturday um, as of recording, so the 1st of August. Um, so a little under a month ahead of the, uh, obviously the festival going ahead. Um, but yeah, obviously we don't have too many options because there are pretty much only 50-50. So we're chances are we we might be seeing the same movie as you anyway um but yeah we'll, we'll keep you posted obviously follow us on twitter at shb pod um and a show at some point we'll definitely try and let you guys know like what movies we'll be seeing so if you want to watch along yeah. with us great um or if you want to watch the different movie and then let us know how that was that'd be equally awesome yeah and um, i think as we get closer to fright fest we'll figure that out that if listeners uh are watching different movies to us then they can obviously let us know what they're like and have some Mm. interaction on the podcast about it obviously we've got our um skype voicemail facility um if you say oh yeah we still have that uh, we still have that (laughs) so obviously uh you know fans can kind of call in with their thoughts on it or write in with their thoughts on it and you know that'll be really fun for the fright fest uh episode and a way for us to have that interaction that we normally have down the pub in between kind of different um uh showings of the films we can kind of check in with different people and and see what films they've seen and what you know it'll be cool to do that on the podcast live hopefully Mm. um and yeah i think you know not i don't think we're going to massively go into the films right now but i know the the selection you know i think that there's some stuff in there that is super interesting to me there's almost everything i have not heard of 
Mm. Um, and, you know, it's, it's what I kind of, you know, I expected something like this because it's so difficult. Like, I don't know what the hell, I, I can't believe they've got this many films really available yeah. to them. I think it's kind of, you know, we haven't been able to see a film in two months. Um, so <laughs> we know how difficult it is to watch new horror movies like right now. And like, mm. you know, no one wants to screen their movies in 2020. So, um, mm. Yeah, I'm just so glad they put an event together and some stuff in there that yeah, I'm I'm excited about. Um, you know, I, there, there's a couple of there's a couple of things that sound super cool, and so yeah, and and I I really don't want to know much more about the movies to be honest. I think going into these as blind as I am already will make it more fun. Yeah, it's always difficult, right? Because you're like, oh, shall I seek out a trailer? But then, yeah, mm. most of the time, especially for us, when I think back to something like A Serial Killer's Guide to Life last year, it was just like we saw cool one poster. piece of <laughs> yeah, like one piece of key art and a, and a very brief plot description, and that was enough to pull us in. Mm. And of course, you still had no idea it was going to be as awesome as it was. But yeah, that's just kind of like the. Uh, the kind of risk you take really um yeah the only thing i will say um, in regards to it is that there's no psycho goreman so of course i am very annoyed <laughs> um what the hell like where the hell is it come on that would have been that would have been awesome but uh yeah no there's i'm sure there'll be plenty of other uh, equally awesome hanging on stuff. to that bad boy for the worldwide release in 2021 mate I was gonna say it'll, it'll just be like the it'll be the opener on the, in october surely but um we shall see. We shall see. That's very far away. Um, but yeah, next up on the sort of regular news now. Um, first up, just very quickly, because I, I could have sworn that this was already confirmed, but then people were posting it as news. So I was like, well, I guess we're going to have to talk about it. Um, more about the Chucky uh, TV series. Um, basically, Brad Dorf got confirmed as Chucky, which I could have sworn we already knew this. Um, did you think yeah. we already knew this? I I don't remember it being confirmed for mm-hmm. you know the for, you know the term confirmed and the fact that he has you know put pen to paper or whatever um you know I wasn't necessarily expecting there to be an announcement on it because mm-hmm. uh, you know it would be more of an announcement if he's not but um you know at the end of the day it, it's great news and I'm glad he's on board with it and um but yeah I I just want to see more cast announcements really because yeah they, but but at least they're doing the right things because if you know if the if this new story was Brad Dorf not returning new voice of Chucky would be pooing ourselves so I'm just glad it's still on the right path yeah for sure i think it's mostly because of when we first heard about all this stuff it was what, like 2018 <laughs> so i'm sure yeah, back then they were like, it was kind of like know, brad is... brand that you know brad was spearheading this as well and talking about this as a thing uh, before it was a thing and so we just kind of assumed he was on the project but until you know it seems like this was green lit about two weeks ago officially and and so <laughs> you know i'm glad yeah, I mean, it's it's weird right because yeah it has and it hasn't because it does feel like a lot of these news stories have just come up multiple times because of mm. course we did talk about the chucky tv series loads prior to the announcement of the child's play remake and so i feel like a lot of these things have just got delayed and then maybe they were new deals that got struck up because i, I could have sworn when we first heard about the Chucky TV series, literally in 2018, they said like, yeah, Brad is hundred percent there, but regardless, um, obviously it's awesome. And yeah, it was one of those things really where yeah, of course it's like, um, it is that continuity and it would have been ridiculous where he to not be there. Um, so yeah, it's awesome. Um, Next up, uh, we are continuing the trend of film delays, pretty much, for the rest of the news. Um, first up, we've got... A, don't do a, it. Don't do it to me. 
Well, we've got a small one first, um, which is absolutely not going to hit as hard as the next one. Um, but it's still disappointing. Well, it, it is and it isn't because it's one of the actual few movies we had that were just delayed indefinitely, um, which was Antlers, um, which we would have seen a long, long time ago now because it was supposed to come out back in April. Um, and this was that really cool, uh, interesting looking movie mm. um, that kind of, yeah, they just pulled it because um, I think it's under like the Disney's Searchlight banner. Um, and yeah, we, we just had no idea and they haven't said anything about it for three months. And then it got dated this past week because I think this was when Disney finally decided to reshuffle a lot of their uh, releases um, and kind of in the Are midst you telling of... me they're not just chucking on Disney Plus? Yeah, no, they're not. Um, sadly not. Um, but uh, yeah, we will be seeing it apparently February 19th, uh, 2021. Um, so a nice little 10 month delay on that one. Um, do, you know, do you know what I enjoy with these movies? The, um, back in the day when you look at things on IMDb and you get production mm. status and you get like, you know, that, that was kind of like back in the day, especially with like more of the hokey horror things where it's like in talks like rumored and all of these things with the movies and like IMDb has never been one for that, but I've seen from multiple movies. Now it pops up and says production status completed, but not yet screened. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, that's sad. <laughs> like, yeah. Like antlers is a movie that I just don't know what sort of theatrical run, like it's going to get, like, I feel mm. like it could have a life outside of the cinema. You know, I don't know why mm. it's not out there definitely it's not a huge budget movie or anything like that um but regardless um yeah we'll be seeing it then hopefully um but yeah next up kind of the one that is ridiculously depressing there's no way to kind of skirt around it really um a quiet place part two um of course we already discussed it many many times that six days away from release literally less than a week back in march um it was pulled it was kind of the first domino that started this entire complete collapse of the cinema as we know it um you know after they'd uh, rumored to have already spent 60 percent of their advertising budget at that time um yeah they obviously pulled it and then got rescheduled to september 4th um and that's been the case for the last three months um and then as we get more and more closer to these dates and realizing that they're probably not going to happen um paramount have decided to pull it and move it once again to april 23rd 2021 um which is a nice 13 months after we thought we were going to see this movie um yeah being that close to it and then giving getting i mean this is the worst delay of all of them I, in terms of I time try not to i try not to think about these delays in my mm. every living day life and it's just <laughs> kind of like whenever we sit down it's and record difficult. this show you, you break my soul because that's mm. when i have to think about it for a small segment of time during the news and it's just like it's just nuts and, and the thing that terrifies me the most is that 2021 has you know it could be incredible for us mm -hmm. like we might have to like knock out multiple movies a week because like the first four months of 21 sound nuts but what is this utopian 2021 where everything yeah. is gonna be golden do you know <laughs> what i mean like mm -hmm. are we gonna see these movies in april 21 at this point like i you know when they're, when they're looking at global recovery, because that's what they seem to be looking at, because, you know, as far as I can see, you know, where we're at right now, the UK could probably screen stuff in September. Like, mm. that, that isn't, like, our cinemas are slowly reopening and could be there by then, but obviously globally it's not. So, I mean, I mean, they're clearly looking at the US market, I guess, and it doesn't really matter about the rest of the world. It's kind of when, when the US recovers is when we'll get to see movies. 
Yeah, I guess piggybacking off of that, this is the final news story. And I always like to put these in at the end because they're not obviously massively, or it's not horror, but obviously it massively affects us in terms of the cinema horror we'll be seeing for the show. Um, so if you only want just horror news, obviously just skip forward to the sort of musical bumper and that'll be when we're discussing this week's film. Um, but the final news story is the new release date for Tenet. Um, kind of, we discussed it last week where they pulled it from, I believe it was uh, August 12th, um, mm. and it was delayed indefinitely for the first time, where before it was just delayed weeks. Um, so this was like, oh my God, this is crazy. And then kind of the rumor that we spoke about last week was that um, uh, Warner Bros. Uh, were not against the idea of debuting the movie internationally before coming out in North America. Um, the, they have now put a new release date on the movie. Um, the movie will come out August 26th internationally, and then pretty much a week later, like eight days later in north america on september 3rd um the, the kind of international market includes 70 international territories including the united kingdom um it does not include china however um mm. This is kind of fascinating for a lot of different reasons because I, I actually believe this date, um, like what you just said before, yeah. where our cinema is open, they are showing movies, um, they are showing very lots of old movies, and I think that this is going to be so fascinating to see if Warner Bros. want to pull this off or not because, of course, this is going to be a logistics nightmare. It's a movie that is shrouded in secrecy. Um, the piracy will be through the roof. The spoilers on the internet will be through the roof. Um, it will obviously have a huge effect whenever they can actually get it out in North America. It will mm. cripple the box office of this movie, absolutely cripple it. And it's whether or not they can still recuperate enough money in international territories, which, given the fact that most movies don't dominate outside of the US and China. I think this is a risky move, man. And it's a massive I'm risk fascinated for, to see for, for what they do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm like fascinated to see. It's insane. And but even like what what's the date? Sorry, end of August. August twenty sixth, yeah, which is like, like a pretty when much a, bang when on a, when New Mutants are supposed to be like, out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so they just got screwed even more. <laughs> um but like we're not seeing like stuff on TVs for that right now. And like a Nolan movie, you're going to see VC and TV spots very soon for that if it is going to drop in a month. Mm. And like, I just, I just wonder, like, I think they really want to put it out then or someone there does, but they're also looking at like, it, it blows my mind that the same week as um, A Quiet Place gets pulled, uh, a mm. tenant puts their stake in the ground, you know, a week before. I'm like, someone, someone here has made a terrible decision. Mm. Um, I kind of, I kind of fear that it. I, like, I hope it's quiet place, but I think it's tenant that's probably made the terrible decision. Mm. Um, so yeah, it, it will be interesting. Like, it's yeah. just, it's just weird, man. Like, I just, I just want to see some movies. Yeah, for sure. It's like because obviously Candyman is pretty much the only thing scheduled for October now. Mm. Obviously, with like Halloween moving and a bunch of other stuff, so. It is, like you say, it's that knock-on effect. You just have to see it week by week. And I think these movies are fascinating where um, Disney kind of have, re as we discussed with the Antlers earlier, like Mulan was the next big one for them, and they've pulled that completely as well. Um, so we are just seeing these big companies now. They are just pulling all of their movies. And Warner Bros. is such a weird one because when I think about like Disney and Universal and all these companies, they have such big releases, but Warner Bros. really have jack shit these days. Um, yeah. You know, after Batman and Harry Potter, um, they really have struggled. And so Nolan is that huge cash cow. He is that one 
auteur director that they have under contract and so like they must just be so desperate to make money off this movie to the point where i'm like is this one of these movies that's like shit or bust for them where it's like if this if tenet doesn't do you know 700 million dollars warner bros like screwed like i really i don't know i really don't know it's it's a weird one to me it's very odd um but you also you also just wonder how much power nolan has in this whole discussion mm. because it seems like he desperately wants this movie to get out as soon as possible it's, it's, uh, it's, I, I, don't, it's I don't really understand why but but like it, it does well, feel like he does i do know a little bit about that because i can't remember if we discussed this a while ago but basically he has a deal where he does get a percentage of the revenue um you know obviously a few directors have this but he is one of the most notable ones for that where he doesn't necessarily take it's more like what actors do nowadays like tom cruise kind of does that a lot where it's like oh yeah you know i don't get the money up front but i'll get a percentage of the box office revenue and yeah, but why would why is he not like he's not strapped for cash surely yeah, like, i know does he not I, want the I don't know he like, does seem like, like i agree with you he does seem to be the one that's like firm with this where yeah, yeah like look at fast and furious the second this happened they were like you're gonna see it in a year like this movie yeah. is gonna be massive and so because it makes it makes the best like it makes the worst decision for us as people hmm. who want to see movies but it makes the best financial decision like yeah. you know the, the problem is it's it like i say it's assuming that that 2021 is this normal world hmm. <laughs> you know and that's the gamble that they're having but then just they'll push it to 2022 and you know is how long they can sit on that the cost of a movie i guess and that that's why it's interesting with warner bros that, yeah you just wonder are they more desperate for money you know sooner yeah it's fascinating i think another part of this is that kind of the we talked about peninsula doing really well in the asian territories Mm. and apparently that kind of warner bros saw that as like a sign at least that cinema was returning Mm. um i think it's interesting because that apparently that movie's generated around 21 million um which is obviously very good for that movie um but again we're talking it's like when we're talking about the drive-in movies making one or two million dollars Tenet cost around $250 million to make. Um, this movie is going to have to make at least five or $600 million for it to be remotely considered a success. Yeah, um, it, I cannot see a movie making that much money right now. I really can't. Let alone, like, you know, Inception made a billion. Like, there just isn't going to be enough people that want to do this right now. There's going to be crazies like us that are so desperate. Um, and like Sean, who I know is desperate to see, um, you know, movies in America right now. Mm. Um, and we will be the ones that will at least drive the market in some capacity capacity but like the casual market is just not going to be there um you know and that that's how like endgame made its numbers it's not through the hardcores it's through the casuals so it's gonna it's gonna be absolutely fascinating and, and the china stuff as well like the fact that they can't cannot open in china right now is a huge problem for yeah, them um like i could see them going like right if we can do china and we can do international but we can't do us that's fair enough but yeah if you can't do china and us like pfft, I don't know, man. Like, our cinema is so dirt cheap, they're not making any money off <laughs> us. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's going to be fascinating. Yeah, as, as it stands right now, like I say, um, New Mutants still coming out end of August. So I look forward to that one. It's rather, we didn't actually mention it in the news because it wasn't massively newsworthy, but there is like the, what, the Comic-Con at home stuff has happened yeah. recently. And they did like a panel on New Mutants. <laughs> I think they showed a new trailer or at least some clips or maybe even the opening of the movie. And yeah, like new posters and promotional yeah, material. They the movie. They're just like, just yeah. see it, it's fine. <laughs> and so like they and they were like yeah they did they talked in depth about the movie and with a straight face they still said it was coming out end of august so yeah. we shall see on know, that one. 2020 <laughs> the year we spent the podcast talking about movies not coming out instead of actually exactly. talking about movies 100 <laughs> percent. what a bloody mess hey eh? um should we talk about a movie instead let's do it talk about lake of death 
so yeah this one obviously just came out shutter i believe it was last week as of recording um and yeah didn't really know too much about this one um i think the only thing worth mentioning before i guess we go straight into the plot because i don't think there's anything else that's kind of like noteworthy before we saw it um was that it's a foreign language movie and it's the fourth foreign language movie that we've actually seen this year um which is huh? surprising considering how little movies we've seen i think we've seen about 22 23 something about that uh, something around that um which obviously isn't a huge amount considering we've had like two months off from new movies um but do you do you remember the other foreign language movies we've seen uh off the top of my head no Parasite. <laughs> yes so we saw parasite which of course which was korean um we saw why don't you just die um which was russian and we saw the platform which was spanish um and i really liked all three of those movies mm. um, they were all really really yeah, good they, Some they of the were among the best we've seen this year <laughs> yeah definitely um, we'll be, we've been on pause for two months yes um and so yeah this one comes in as norwegian um which yeah i can't i don't know if i've ever seen a norwegian horror movie before actually i think it was troll hunter i think that might have been norwegian. <sighs> i was gonna say yeah uh, that's mm. it was definitely kind of scandinavian mm. yeah, yeah so that might be the only other one but yeah, yeah that's 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 all i had going in really what was <laughs> so, the what was the dead snow that was kind of was that I don't think I've ever seen Dead Snow. Because obviously that was like uh, Nazi Germans, mm. but it was, um, I think that was like Scandinavian made as well. But is that, not, is that foreign language? Um, Christ, I can't even remember. I've not, I've not seen it. <laughs> I've seen both of them, but <laughs> oh, I can't right. remember. I think it was, I'm pretty sure it's subtitled. Right. <laughs> but I'm not, I could be wrong on that. <laughs> anyway, shall we dive into this film? <laughs> what, what's it, it about? Uh, so... Yeah, what is this movie about? Faces <laughs> of Death. Uh, 19, what was it, 70 something? <laughs> Please tell me you right? saw that instead. <laughs> no? Classic video nasty. Game of Death, 2017. <laughs> Did we see that one? Uh, you're getting closer. You're getting ABC, ABCs of Death. Oh, that's a film. 2012. No, that's a no? Film. no? No, I don't think it was that one. Uh, Lake of Death. That's How many more of these have you got? <laughs> that's all I've got. That's all I've got. <laughs> That's 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 the that's the level of research I've done for this week's show. Fair um, yeah, Lake of Death. Um, yeah, we we're introduced to uh, Lillian and a group of her friends uh, who are traveling to a um, cabin by the lake uh, mm. for a for a weekend. Uh, but we find out that basically all her friends just want. I, I found this movie very odd about characters motivations and what the hell everyone's trying mm -hmm. to achieve in this movie at all given moments to be honest and hence why it's already coming into my synopsis that um yeah they're going there for this weekend away but lillian is going there to face her demons because uh her brother disappeared from this lake uh one year ago her is he he's not a twin brother is he yeah he is a twin think, brother yeah he is yeah um and yeah and so she's going back to kind of face these demons and there's kind of mystery surrounding his death and the lake itself is known as the lake of death and has all these kind of urban legends and stuff about it um one of her friends is a podcaster that's making a podcast about the lake of death and yeah everyone else just oh, seems to want to kind of yeah i mean who makes podcasts in 2020 <laughs> i mean come on um and 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 yeah, everyone else is just going there to chill. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and yeah, as as the weekend kind of unfolds, um, yeah, creepy stuff kind of starts to happen. 
Uh, yeah, the only like is, like what you said. There's only really one character of note in this movie, which is mm. our lead. Um, because I agree with you that the the friends or whoever the hell they are, like I barely knew who they were. I didn't know why they were there. They were just mm. very well. <laughs> I was like getting into my thoughts a little bit, but just getting into the characters. Like we're introduced mm. to Lillian. Lillian is a developed character, you know, take her or leave her. But you know that we know about her. We know why she's going there. We're not really sure. I'm still not really sure why she's going there. She's just been mm. told like you got to face your demons, so go, go with your friends. Like I'm not sure what this house is. They talk about like it being her house, and like she's gonna sell it. Like is in one line in the movie, but then it seems like she knows nothing about the house. And mm. so like, are they just staying on the lake? I, d- I just don't understand what the lake has an importance to them apart from the fact that her brother went missing there. Um, but then, yeah, you've got kind of Kai, I think, who she meets up with. Like, he gives them a lift to the cabin because it's, like, remote and in the middle of nowhere. And he seems to have some sort of relationship with Lillian. And at one moment, he kind of, you know, like, seems like they were together. And then when she moved away, they separated. And it was very odd. Um she then has like a, a female friend who has got a new boyfriend and they're kind of just going for a good weekend. You got the podcaster guy. And then you have this other guy that seems like he's also a love interest for Lillian. Mm. And so I was like, so how many people in this film are like love interests for Lillian and like, what the hell's going on there? So like, he's going along and like this, the whole kind of plot of this movie is, is who is kind of causing these things that go on in the house at night and is it one of these people that she doesn't seem to know very well at all or is it the lake itself and the supernatural stuff that surrounds it um and i guess that's the mystery of it but yeah i can't say that i ever got fully into it at all Mm. any sort of that mystery side of it yeah Or, or to that to that point going into my thoughts on it pretty much any part of the movie to be honest um i you know it starts off and it's kind of it it feels like it's made by people that that really do have a love of the genre and there's a lot of references in there so like a couple which i really enjoyed uh but but actually the movie itself just really never got going for me i was never like i said i never had a clue what the character's motivations were and why they were um you know, going to the lake, why they were staying at the lake, or what actually um, was meant to be the supernatural side of it and, and the threat throughout this whole movie, to be honest. Um, they throw so many things at the canvas. They, you know, uh, Lillian one minute is sleepwalking. Uh, mm. You know, there's there's her brother going missing. There's the fact that the lake is got this history behind it. There's the fact that every character in this movie seems like they're a bit shady um she sees a lot of weird and, stuff as well and it's very unclear whether it's just her yeah, seeing it or not yeah so she's kind of yeah she sees like uh stuff on people and like uh, like blood coming out of the tap and stuff so she's got these mental problems or the like the, these problems in her mind and kind of you know is she seeing things and is she the one that's going unhinged and there's all these questions none of which that i really cared about and none of which that they really give any sort of answer on and and yeah i, I was kind of by the like hour mark of this movie it, it just really had gone nowhere and and really i'd lost all interest in it and um yeah it was kind of it, it it like going into this movie this is the first new movie we've seen for the podcast for two months like i was pretty excited to see some new stuff and kind of shudder's got a lot of stuff coming out right now and i was pretty excited to get stuck into that um i've almost kind of 
not known anything about these movies and, and let you kind of sort through them. So I, like, I was excited to go into it cold and, um, yeah, about an hour into this, I just thought to myself, God, I remember how we felt those last couple of movies mm-hmm. before we started looking at old stuff. And then I thought, wow, if this is the one that you've picked to go first, I'm worried. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, like I, I'll try and keep it brief because these are the podcasts that I really hate doing when it's just I don't I don't really find anything about this movie that I enjoyed. Um, yeah, there, there, there literally wasn't anything. And I agree with you that it's one of those movies that um, it's, it's about 90 minutes, but it felt way longer. And mm. I, once I hit like the 45 minute mark, that's when I knew like halfway into this movie. Mm. I was like, I don't like anything that's happened so far. I don't like these characters. I This story is nonsense. Um, visually, this movie is doing nothing for me. It's not scary. I don't enjoy the horror. Um, and so from that point on, I was like, I could just not i could just turn this off and it wouldn't miss anything and i was like well i'm gonna have to watch it because we're watching it for the show and so you continue to persevere for those following 45 minutes and you gain absolutely nothing um because yeah it it was that exact same movie um yeah it took me an outrageous number of attempts to get through (laughs) this movie Yeah, I don't. I don't blame you. This is one that is just like it, it, it ticks every box on like the no-no list for us. I think where it's just it's so dull, it's so boring. Um, it is it, literally just about nothing really. Where it has such a basic premise, and sometimes that can work where you're not bogged down with like story. Um, but they need to at least give you something to cling on to. And I think that the fact that the characters are just so um, basic with nothing going on, where I agree with you that like I just didn't really care what anyone else was doing. Where you're you introduced to the you know the first scene without this isn't spoilers because it's literally the start of the movie, but it's like it's Lillian and her brother, and then obviously we know that he goes missing. And within that first scene, there's like this really weird chemistry between the two of them um, that was like okay, that's really weird. And then I'm with you where we then introduced the two other male characters, and I thought a lot of the characters looked very similar, so I was very struggling to keep up with who they were. Mm. Um, the subtitles I thought went really quick in this one. Um, I don't know if that's just whether that's with the Norwegian language, so the, the subtitles are struggling to keep up. Um, but like I've I, never had that problem before I had ever. The exact same problem that. Mm. The, the two things that you touched upon there that because the characters themselves have no real voice because they're empty characters, mm. then having the, um, you know, the foreign language being spoken and reading the subtitles, I was really struggling to keep up with them. And mm. often like I wasn't getting through them in time. And, and then also I, I couldn't, I didn't know who was talking. If there mm. was a scene where there was all five of them in the room, yeah. if the three blokes were talking, I could not get the character. You know, I would, I would be reading the, I'd be reading the subtitles, and I didn't know which one of the three was saying it. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, I didn't have a clue what the names were. None, or anything. Yeah, none of them, none of them had a voice to me. None of them had no mm. character. So it wasn't like I'd be like, oh, that's the way that guy talks. And I think that just shows how poorly made this movie was, that everyone mm. is so one-dimensional. When you actually read the script, or in this case, the subtitles, every character speaks the same. Yeah. So there is no identity. Um, you know. And so, so that was a massive problem for me, where, yeah, like the, the podcast guy, 
I kept thinking like, is that the one that looks a bit different or, or, or is that the one that looks the same as the other guy? <laughs> like, cause two of the mm. guys looked quite similar and yeah, it was, yeah, it, it was a minefield to actually get that and to the point that I just gave up and was like, okay, well, I don't really care who's talking at this point. <laughs> yeah. Because they're not saying anything interesting anyway. A lot of it is just like bullshit conversations to each other. So you're like, you're struggling so hard to read these sentence, sentences off the sentences. And then you're just like, well, I'm not gaining anything from this. And now I'm literally just reading the bottom third of the screen. And so, mm. and that's not the case. Like I think back to why don't you just die and the platform i think there were two perfect examples of foreign language movies that knew, that know that a vast majority of their audience well not a vast majority but a lot of people are going to experience their movie via subtitles and so mm. they don't just bombard you with bullshit conversations constantly they use language when they need to and i think back to how epic that conversation at the start of why don't you just die was between the two lead characters oh, um and, and hanging on every word and and being so enthralled with it because they were like actual dimensional characters that had interesting stuff to say. And it didn't matter that I was reading subtitles. Well, I think and that's so... the thing. If you have a good movie and a good script, it doesn't matter what language it's spoken in because mm. the language of the movie will come across. But this movie has no language and no identity. No. No, it's um, just it's just this very dull, boring movie, and I think like obviously the there is the language thing that's already discussed, but I think the acting in general was terrible. Um, I thought it was just so vacant to me and very like vapid and almost fake, and that might be like a style choice where some people really like that. And I know, especially over this year in particular, it's kind of made me realise that I definitely ca um I'm more kind of the acting performances i like are like the lighthouse and are like stew and scream you know i like over the top theatrical stuff and so to have these very like dull just boring like especially our lead character is just such a boring dull character and she like you say she's the only one who is actually a character yeah. and for her she, to she's be like terribly own, she's so dull she's terribly dull and boring and everyone else just has nothing like there's no dialogue and there's no they're, they're just not real people you mm. know that's that there isn't a bunch of people that go away uh, to that stay together that exist like that mm. you know the, the none of them have anything you know there's the fact that like the the new boyfriend is like this new guy to the group and that there's no sort of dynamic there mm. you know he could have been best friends with him for 20 years or just met them you know they really there really was just nothing they all just they all just seemed like they met on the set that day and mm. read a script you know, and 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 that's the problem. Where where like, yeah, the 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 guy that was staying with him that was the love interest for Lillian, or I think he was meant to be a love interest because he kind of had a kissing scene at one point. Like, it was so weird. It like made that no sense to so me. bizarre. Like you say, where she has this weird thing with her brother in the opening scene, which is already mm -hmm. odd, and then like immediately we see her kiss two other characters where i was just like i don't understand what's going on anymore so like all that stuff was terrible so i think regardless of like the you know irrelevant story and then really really bad characters and acting i think the actual horror itself was also really bad um it you know again a pet peeve of mine but it pretty much all comes from dream sequences and hallucinations mm -hmm. um which of course i just find to be ridiculously dull and boring it just doesn't go anywhere yeah. um yeah it's just this, this movie was devoid of all horror for me there, mm. there was not anything that was suspense suspenseful no in, in the final act i think there's there's two things i want to touch upon before i kind of finish talking about this movie mm. first of all i did lose my shit early on when they referenced nightmare on elm street <laughs> went to the sleepwalking and a character even spoke in english 
uh, yeah. I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. Like, I lost my <laughs> shit at that point. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, that was brilliant. Uh, we later on get an Evil Dead reference as well, which was fun. Yeah, well, um, they referenced those two and Cabin Fever. And oh, and Cabin Fever, yeah. So they referenced yeah. these three movies that, of course, we adore. But this movie is not like any of them. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't really understand where they were coming from. But they were like, we like these really cool movies. Has this thing that's not like these things. Well, like, I don't know. Not, not, not everyone can make movies, unfortunately. Yeah, I know. But it's not even the fact that it's quality. Like, I just don't, I don't think they're trying to to make this movie like those three no, movies if that makes sense. I, like, I really just weird. don't know what this movie is like i don't know mm-hmm. whether there's some sort of because it does like in the synopsis that i read afterwards it talks about like folklore and stuff so i don't know whether there is like i don't you know, know if i'm getting confused because we do have a lot of movies upcoming but i could have sworn i thought this was a slasher was why i wanted to see it and yeah. it didn't come across as a slasher to me when i watched that it that makes <laughs> sense um i read the, i read the synopsis because I, I wanted to know what interested you mm. and and yeah reading the synopsis this this didn't sound that interesting anyway it sounded more interesting than the movie we saw but yeah i'm hoping that you just got this one wrong uh, <laughs> just but, don't but put the blame the, on yeah, me the, no i'm not man i'm not um but i'm just worried that's all but like <laughs> if this was the one that surfaced like what's left um just you wait we've got august, august to look forward to <laughs> but um the other thing the final act we have like uh, like uh, yeah sort of spoilers i'm not going to go anything anything real spoilery but like there are just characters that disappear like and then and then turn up again like right at the end of the movie like they're gone for 20 minutes and like it made no sense to me that like we you know we're we're just in a cabin in the middle of nowhere and no one really seems to raise the question why two of the five people disappear for like a giant Mm -hmm. chunk of time and uh, it's kind of trying to be that like are they shady or are they not but like it's not like at the end of the movie when a ton of characters turn back up i was like what what happened to them? Why are they now here? They're they're either dead or they're involved or they just decided to just go off and you know chill for mm. for, the, for the final act. It just it was it was messy. It was just throughout messy and just yeah, I'm I'm done, man. Yeah, it's just so disappointing because, like you say, it's the first one in two months, mm. and um, I think for that reason, going into recommendations, yeah, I wouldn't recommend this in any way, shape, or form. I think that there's so much awesome stuff on Shudder right now because, of course, this is on Shudder exclusively. And I think, yeah, if you're if you're already on Shudder, like there's a whole plethora of stuff that we've covered. Mm. You know, there's like the um, the Hell House movies. There's three of them that are awesome. There's plenty of old stuff as well. Oh, there's, there's Scare so much- Package, man. Like if you want to yeah, see a new Scare movie, go awesome. see Scare Package. Yeah, like there's so much better stuff on there where there isn't there isn't even a remote sense of like, well, if you like this thing, you might just like this. So there just isn't. I, I don't see any way, shape, or form how anyone should watch this. So yeah, I, w- I would not recommend it. No, yeah, I, I really hate to be this negative, but mm. but yeah, this this is one of the lowest kind of unrecommend. Like, do not do not see this movie. Like, it's just not worth time. Yeah, it's like you say, it's the cardinal sin of it's just boring. Like, and if mm. a movie just bores you, then it's not worth your time, is it? Really? Yeah. Like we've say so we've seen movies that they frustrate you if if you know they yeah. get bits wrong or you know all, all those different reasons. Yeah, I really hope that there's better to come because obviously we've we've got our slate of kind of Shudder movies coming up, and I'm hoping that there's going to be some better stuff there that's going to drop. Uh, because they've, they've like I say, Scare Package was a fantastic uh thing to drop for them mm. and then um having search of darkness a fantastic documentary drop like i hope we get a couple of more decent low budget indie movies from this yeah for sure um but yeah that was our discussion on lake of death uh, we'll take a short break and we'll be right back
so yeah we did have some listener feedback this week um of course you can hit us up on twitter at shb pod if you want to send us a longer email it's super horror bros podcast at gmail.com um we've got quite a few stuff this week actually um i want to pull... seem to get people excited man yeah um i'm glad because i I've, I've i'm already want to rewatch a couple of those episodes not gonna lie um but uh we did have a message from cat um i think piggybacking off of kind of like our tv conversation uh, in the last episode um she said guys have you seen jj abrams fringe tv show uh first of all it is awesome um it has a beginning middle and end and it has an interesting take on 9-11 in an alternate universe um seek it out absolutely worth a box set buy um take a step back matt i'm ready to jump in <laughs> so I've been, yeah i've been so excited as soon as i saw this message yeah I, I i should go first because yeah my my history with this show is much briefer i i think i watched maybe half of the first season um obviously you know it was it was his first major show after lost and we've discussed that it's by far my favorite show of all time and yeah i remember jumping right in was ready for it and it just did not click with me at the time and um i know that you persevered with it and really enjoyed it and so it is definitely one of those ones with um obviously i discussed after watching Watchmen last year and just absolutely adoring every second of it where i wanted to check out the leftovers because that was kind of the only other damon lindelof show that he'd created um this is very much the only kind of jj show because i watched all of alias and loved that as well mm. um so this is like yeah there's kind of the one show from both of my two favorite guys in tv that i haven't checked out um and leftovers i've already got ready to go and i kind of forgot about fringe um it, how many seasons of fringe is there uh four i believe okay that's not too bad yeah because it's free of the leftovers so mm. yeah like they, they are both two tv series I that i four. I have to watch because yeah, like I love everything else they've both done. And so like, I can't think of a world where I don't absolutely love it. Um, but I know you've seen a lot more of it. Oh, hang on. Oh yeah. Cause I think, I think the show ended on episode 100. I think that's fringe. Oh, that's cool. Hmm. I think that's fringe. I remember watching a show. Right? I'll look I up while you were talking about yeah, it. Have a look. But yeah. Um, firstly, from what you just said there, there was no perseverance from my part. Fringe is spectacular. Hmm. I loved, I loved it. Like, I definitely think, um, I remember at the time when it first dropped, uh, fantastic beginning episode. And then it kind of started to become like, I honestly thought it was going to, it could have become the new X-Files where you were getting these, they were investigating these different things every week. And I really loved it. And, um, it started to get a little bit bogged down in the middle, but then it really came strong towards the end where it had, um, a really fantastic kind of finale storyline that just went super nuts. Um, I, I really don't want to talk about it because I feel like you might watch it um, because it, it goes a place that you love uh, in in genre as well. Mm-hmm. And and um, and yeah, it was it was just it was just a really good show, super solid show. And yeah, the fact that it got this really satisfying conclusion I, I can't remember now whether they might have even had like an extended season four because they knew it was going to be the last one but like they really they did it right and it felt like it ended right and it was it, it was it was really good it was a really good show and yeah one that um i remember when it finished like um seeking out the trying to seek out the dvds at the time and they were like really expensive um mm-hmm. and so i never never rewatched it and so i don't know whether it's on anything that you can stream right now or yeah i wonder like about that, that. But it's mm. it's a uh, um yeah it's it's it, it was a real good show for me just just looking at it on imdb now and it really makes me want to watch it again yeah there was five seasons of the show and it was yeah 100 episodes okay. um the last season was 13 episodes that was a bit shorter um but yeah, yeah, it's definitely one of those ones. Just, I, I was the second I saw Cat um, mention that I was like, yeah, we definitely have like a history with this show. Um, 
and yeah it's definitely one that god there's just there's so much tv man like mm. tv is that worst one because as soon as you see it and you're like oh man there's a hundred episodes i'm like oh, i want to watch hannibal at some point and yeah man oh, there's too many shows there is but this, shows. this this is a real good one it is a mm. real good one like for me this is one of the real solid ones that i've watched over the years that i know you haven't seen like i, yeah. I really loved fringe um, yeah, I definitely think with like how much I love my sci-fi, it definitely does seem to be one that I would, cause like, that's the thing with Lost that I, obviously I love is that it is a sci-fi show. And I think that that's yeah. where a lot of the was, kind of frustration was, with Lost comes from is that for the early years, they tried almost to hide the fact that they wanted to make a sci-fi show. And whereas Fringe was almost like from day one, no, we're making a sci-fi show this time, not like you, a drama. It was too soon after Lost for you. And it's yeah, now, now it's, now it's enough time has passed that you can mm. give it another watch. Um, yeah. I will say to Cat though as well. Like I, we must have spoken about it on the show before, but uh, go check out Forty Four Hundred. Yes, <laughs> like it has a beginning and a middle. If you want an end, <laughs> you, you will you will have to seek out a couple of novels because unfortunately yeah. the the show did get cancelled. But even even without that, like oh, Forty Four Hundred. And yeah, that's so uh, frustrating with stuff like that where you can't give it that full recommend because it's like. No the show doesn't end yeah screw the novels man like the show got cancelled and it's so frustrating because yeah well, that show at least at least we got something like at least <laughs> i got to like at least i got to experience it i never like, even it's... bothered reading them i was like i don't care no. unless it's in the tv show like um but also i'm gonna give two forgotten tv show shout outs one that we've not even <laughs> oh, we may have not uh I know, I you, you know what's gonna happen <laughs> one one season one, well 4400 was one of my shout outs for a forgotten tv show the other one is, of course, Kingdom Hospital. Yeah, that's in the autumn. Yeah. I don't autumn know how much we've spoken series. about it on the show, but yeah. I think, like we, Stephen, I think we did Stephen do King. it on horror. Oh, did we? Nice. Mm. Well, if we didn't, I'm, I'm putting it out there now, and I'll give, <laughs> I'll give you a twofer with 4400. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, Kingdom Hospital was absolutely fantastic. And yeah, that at least was like, I'm assuming that was just a book of his that then they just adapted into like a one-off miniseries. I don't um, even know, man. It was so good. Yeah, because it was like that other one I watched, the the JFK one that was really cool, that that was just like a one-off oh, TV yeah. series of the book. Um, can't remember what it's called now. It's like The Date. It's when the JFK Date, the called, date yeah. yeah, whatever um, it was. Yeah. That's all, I absolutely loved that. It was really, mm. really good. Um, and I always think that's such a good thing. Like we'll, we'll talk about Nosferatu in the coming weeks, and it's always fascinating when they do do a TV series of these like, you know, King slash Joe Hill properties, I guess. Um, because you always wonder like what is going to be the best way to see these, you know, and like, you know, how are they going to, how much are they going to add to it? Because obviously we obviously talk about that a lot with TV shows of like, once a TV show gets popular, they obviously don't want to kill a cash cow, do they? So it's like, do you just start extending it upon, you know, the novel? Do you start, you know, adding new stuff to it? Like, it's a really weird one when you start, when you win, when you make it a TV series. And that's why I like something like Kingdom Hospital was like, nope, it's one, it's done, move on sort of thing. And the same with Watchmen, of course, last year, it was like, it's perfect. Just move on from it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we do have some emails this week as well, actually. Um, we have one from uh, Sean from Twitter um, who says, um, Hey, Matt and Mike, hope you're both still hanging in there through all of this. We're, we're trying, Sean. We're trying. Um, <laughs> we have our low moments. Yeah, we're struggling. This is this week's one of them. Um, <laughs> he says, I truly enjoyed the Scream retro pe- uh, retrospective episodes as well as the Twilight Zone episode from last week. Uh, going off your recommendation, I started Twilight Zone season two uh, with the Who of You. And I can agree it was definitely an upgrade of what I saw from season one. Um, 
being a big fan of the original, this series definitely has a different tone to me. Um, he says, uh, whilst listening last week, I was curious what some of your all-time favorite episodes are of other anthology series. Um, Tales from the Crypt, Masters of Horror, uh, Outer Limits, uh, loads of other stuff, Creepshow, of course. Um, he says, I know you've been revisiting Goosebumps too. Um, I've always been a big fan of these series, especially the original Twilight Zone. Um, would be interested in hearing some more recommendations to revisit. Um, and he, he also goes on to say, I also caught Impetigore on Shudder this past week. Uh, could be a creepy little watch if you're ever short of content um it just says uh yeah it deserves to be seen uh regard sean um just quickly on that note before we go to the um the uh, anthology stuff uh yeah we in, in petty gore is one of the ones we have on our shortlist for shudder uh there's a sort of three or four different movies so yeah we might be seeing that in the coming weeks um but yeah thanks for letting us know about that anyway um yeah anthology stuff like there's a lot out there isn't there <laughs> um i've obviously been watching a lot of goosebumps like i say and obviously it is way more like child friendly than the other ones as you've discussed um, um but i still think I it's think, you know very enjoyable <laughs> yeah i think goosebumps like you have to have a nostalgia for it and if you do yeah. there are a lot of fun ones there um i think the problem is i can't really reel any off the top of my head i mean the main things that jump into my mind are x-files episodes mm. um because i think like X-Files, to me, falls into that anthology um, because when you were getting the Monster of the Week stuff, it was effectively that um, with just with just kind of these two main characters. Um, so, yeah, kind of like obviously Squeeze was a fantastic standalone one. Um, there were multiple mm-hmm. ones like that, I remember, where there was like the... Um, the, the family of like hill deformed hillbillies where they're like... I remember the opening of the episode as like this baseball field where they kind of and end up scuffing up remains of a dead body. And like, that was a great episode. And like, there are just tons of ones like that, where there was like the, uh, the bat monster from, from X-Files as well. Like was a fantastic, like monster of the week episode. There were so many ones like that in X-Files for me. Mm. Like that's why I was such a huge fan of that show because it, it was never about like the, the main canon story. It was always about those creature of the week stuff and monster of the week and all of that great stuff. Um, yeah. There were so many of those that spring to mind um but outside of that um obviously yeah creep creep show has and, and tales from the crypt has some f- fantastic ones a lot of them are early on aren't they tales from the crypt. yeah like tales from the crypt i i think i'm gonna start watching it once i have finished goosebumps because i'm pretty much towards the end now and because i've been wanting to rewatch them again for a very long time i think now is a perfect time mm. um because yeah like i can remember like quite a lot of them but there's just so much of them as a complete blur but like definitely um episode three of tales from the crypt um dig that cat he's real gone um which is awesome about this kind of like magician who has nine lives i, I still uh, think it's yeah. one of the best of the episodes i've seen like that's the one i it's always throw on character actor isn't it who plays yeah, joe, joe pantolino from like the matrix yeah. and loads of other stuff he's awesome um and yeah like there's definitely a few more now looking at the list but i, I definitely want to come back to you sean when i've started to rewatch it again maybe when i finish like season one and season two i'll start picking some out for you um because yeah i really want to watch it like it's crazy how you know some of these actors like arnold schwarzenegger's in it and like there's just so many of these huge names that ended up doing tales from the crypt in the 90s um and it's why it's been the one for me that i've desperately wanted to see return out of all of these shows mm. you know we discuss a lot that all these shows are coming back and tales from the crypt is one that has been rumored and been in and out of development hell since we started the podcast and you know i was happy to see twilight zone back of course but like i have way more nostalgia for tales from the crypt and i would love to see what like current actors and filmmakers would do with this format um obviously creep show is pretty much the kind of like in in you know halfway there sort of thing but in a way more indie style because i think that's the thing that tales from the crypt stood out for me was that it was these like huge a-listers at the time were doing it oh yeah um 
And so maybe that wouldn't be the case nowadays. But then horror is such a you know hot trendy thing right now. I mean, look at the cast of bloody It Chapter Two for Christ's sake. So who knows? Like it would be really exciting for them to bring it back. Um, but yeah, I have to I'll say definitely as well, put it in the future. Uh, Freddy's Nightmares. Oh yeah, like how, how many of them did they do? There's like forty odd. There was two seasons. Jesus. Um, yeah, which most of them you cannot even see. Like I've I've not mm. seen a lot of them, but I remember no, the, the, the first the first few had some decent ones. You get you get a lot of Freddy lore if you're if you're a huge Nightmare on Elm Street fan. And you've not seen them. You should. I think like the first episode goes proper into how the family of um, all the Springwood parents gather together and get Freddy, and you get that in detail um and then robert, robert england's at the beginning that he's he's like the crypt keeper but then in the odd oh, episode yeah. they are freddy stories but mm. only in the first couple because i seem to remember that the first episode was basically the freddy backstory yeah and i remember this I cool there was like a cool episode early on where there were these twins and identical twins and when freddy haunted one of them in the dream the other one would get the injuries wake up oh, with the injuries I yeah well. and, like, and like that was cool um but even then without the freddy stuff there was a couple of cool anthology stories i remember like this i think it was like a she was like a female athlete that um like a track runner or something and she got um uh a necklace or a bracelet or something that gave her this ability to extract revenge and it, it was a bit like um almost like death note but what, i can't remember if she even like wrote it and then put it in like an amulet or something but it would it would basically um exert the the revenge that she wanted on that person and that was like a very early episode i mean i can't uh, i'm sorry that i'm like as vague on this but it's <laughs> such an obscure tv show but mm. i just remember that like uh, that movie that that movie that tv show had some decent first episodes and um just really lost itself <laughs> very quickly but i think like definitely the first five or six you know there's a couple of decent ones in there yeah you need to track this down man because I, I until you just mentioned it i'd completely forgot that was even a thing and yeah i would love to hear your take on this now in 2020 of like to see these got, weird like I, I, I think i might have some i don't know whether it's on vhs though i think <laughs> I, i've definitely got a couple of volumes on it somewhere but i'm sure they did a dvd run of it that i might mm. have but yeah it was it, it's wild man it's, it's weird that it's so hard to, to track down yeah, I'll I'll watch some Tales from the Crypt, and you'll have to watch. What is it, Freddy's, Freddy's, <laughs> Freddy's Nightmares? Nightmare. Is it? Yeah, that's cool. I'm though. Not doing that one again, man. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be better than some of the crap you watch. Yeah. Like, what was yeah. it, the uh, Puppet Master? <laughs> um, they they haven't done like anthologies of those yet, have they? Like TV series. Uh, I really hope if not. they did, I would have seen them. So no. <laughs> um but yeah thank you very much for that one sean um and then the other sean uh, sent us a few a few emails um was the the first one was about uh blu-rays um the just buying a lot of blu-rays lately you sent us a really nice email uh sean um it's pretty long so i won't read it out um but yeah you have an insane collection oh my God. Like, i would love to see that he said that he'd purchased yeah i want to see a, I yeah. see a picture of that collection because it sounds <laughs> it sounds like you've brought an entire collection since lockdown yeah, we've been talking a lot about Blu-rays lately, obviously, on the show. We're even talking on Twitter to a few people about them lately. And, um, yeah, like he, I said about the 13 Ghosts Blu-ray, and, of course, he already has it, um, which I'm very jealous about. And then, of course, he's pre-ordering that absolutely incredible uh, Friday the 13th box set, which is just one of the nicest releases I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm personally. trying not to think about it too much. No. <laughs> I just can't go down that region route again. 
Yes. Um, and then I also saw that he was speaking about how his um, local cinema has also delayed their opening. Mm. Um, so, yeah, very sorry for that, Sean. But, yeah, as to be expected, I guess. Um, and, yeah, we talked about in the news. It sucks, man. Like, ours, I guess, is still open. Like, it's just we just yeah. have zero interest in going there well, until I guess new movies come out. We, uh, when we record next week, we will have mm. seen a, a cinema experience of sorts. <laughs> Yes, we'll 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 let them know about that. That's, next a, week. that's a little that's a little <laughs> little kind of nugget. They're ready for next week. Yeah, let's try and see if anyone works that one out. <laughs> <laughs> if you are, you are a stalker. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I'm a little bit terrified. <laughs> yes, um, but yeah, just quickly to end this off, um, we were mentioning the Blu-rays there, and I talked uh, a few weeks back about um, trying to get a Blu-ray of Thirteen Ghosts. Um, <laughs> obviously, I did buy an Australian release. Um, so obviously not the lovely new collector's edition, but it did work, obviously, in the UK. That's um, always a and good place to start. Yes, exactly. Got to see the movie, and it did have the awesome special feature where it goes behind the scenes and all the ghosts, um, which is incredible. I think we discussed that before, really, how it's just it's one of those be- the best ever special features I've seen where, if people don't know, it really gives you this cool little backstory on literally all of the 13 ghosts. And considering how short the bit in the movie is when he's kind of reading the book and gives you like a very brief synopsis of the ghosts, um it's such a shame that they couldn't somehow yeah. get there this movie is, this in a is only was it like 90 seconds to two minutes on each ghost or yeah. is it even that long or is it even 60 seconds no, it is around that yeah because i think mm. the, i think it was about 18 minutes like yeah. the actual feature so it's really cool. yeah but it's just fantastic and, and it's kind of like shot really well it's almost like one of these uh real life documentaries when they're talking about thing you know like killers from the past and you get like this this kind of cheesy kind of um uh like shot thing in the background while they while he is speaking about the ghosts and stuff and like it's really good isn't it yeah it's awesome and um yeah watching the movie again like i thoroughly enjoyed it it's mm. obviously one of those ones that um you kind of either love it or you hate it and i think that it obviously has its problems like i think story is this main issue where they have such a cool concept with the whole 13 ghosts and then they never really know how to get that into like a story as it were you know like that is a cool concept of like here's this person that's collecting all these guys and it's like right to what end for what reason you know how do you bring in a protagonist and all this and i think that's where the movie yeah. does start to fall apart um because like the story is weird and i think that the characters outside of um matthew lillard they are just like pretty poor to be honest like the rest of them um but he is incredible in it and i was so happy to see him again um but where this movie really shines is the production design which is off the charts like considering this movie was released like when it when it was um and i think it did have an outrageous budget at the time something like 40 or 50 million which is insane um but but you can see where it's spent though because like yeah it's an expensive movie but at least it does look expensive it doesn't look like shit um because the house itself is is stunning um with that production design and then of course like the design of all the ghosts and all that stuff like they look insanely good and i think that's what really drew us in when we first watched Mm. it like 20 years ago was just like the cool ass design of that house and the ghosts and like yes the story sucks and it it, you know it could have been a lot better but like just the overall look of that movie i was super into and i would have loved to see them do more with that franchise you know rather than one film 42 million yeah which is insane like like we talk so much about how bloomhouse have got that nailed down of like right five million and they can make a profit and this was almost 20 years ago man yeah like it's crazy because like the because this was their second movie wasn't it i think behind the house on haunted hill remake um i think so they were on a roll weren't they for a while um yeah, yeah, they started with the remake the and they went yeah. into obviously original movies after this with like ghost ship and stuff um yeah well, they, they went back to it with house of wax didn't they they were mm. weird i don't know whether ghost ship is it a remake or something weird like because uh, it seemed like that was the outlier at the time 
Yeah, I'm not too sure. I thought that mm. and then going into like Gothica, I thought that was when they started doing original stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's a great movie, man. It's still enjoyable to throw on and just have a good time with. Um, and then, yeah, very briefly, I did watch um, another, you know, talking about Blu-rays, they seem to be in vogue this week, watched one of my favorite Blu-rays in my entire collection, um, which is the Troll Collection. Um, That's good times, man. I'm sure we already talked about it on the show, but yeah, like the fact that this was just a regular release, I think it was like £15 in the UK, you know, like a regular price, a price of a Blu-ray. And mm. you get free movies all on this collection. And obviously we've discussed like Troll 2 and obviously Best West Movie and just how it's so enjoyable and hilarious and obviously we've discussed that a lot how ridiculous it is and it's great but troll one i i love that movie so much it, it really really is just a great throwback movie it's one of those ones that just really puts a smile on my face when i watch mm. it and i think troll 2 gets so much publicity obviously especially in that collection being it with best worst movie that is just based on troll 2 yeah it feels like troll one was put in there because it has to to make it complete yeah exactly and, and it's like i'm super glad it is because i love the whole troll 2 stuff and how ridiculous it is that it's not a sequel to troll 2 it doesn't even have trolls in it you know all that good stuff um you know nil bog um it's awesome but like troll is like genuinely just a great horror film and so i, I yeah I, I thoroughly enjoy that and then i throw on troll 2 just to have a good old laugh as well um yeah. so yeah for a fantastic time it's the eureka release for people that don't know and yeah to me anyway it's it's one of my personal favorites in my entire collection i think it's absolutely yeah. awesome yeah it's one of my my favorites outside of the arrow stuff for sure mm. um, it's great have you yeah. been watching anything um well i did finish off one tv show uh, oh, nice. i finished off ash versus evil dead <laughs> yeah, um including watching the finale twice nice. um because yeah the, the blu-ray even though it's kind of reasonably fe feature light um mm. does have uh commentary for each episode yeah um i'm pretty sure bruce campbell is on every episode nice. um but he was on the finale, um, so so uh, obviously kind of watched it, and then I just really wanted to kind of see kind of how they spoke with the, mm. with the commentary at the end of it, and kind of um, because because yeah, it was Ash, it was the actress that plays Brandy, um, who is his kind of daughter in the third mm. season, and then it was the writer director of the finale. Um, and so, yeah, I, I was a bit like, obviously, first of all, the TV show is spectacular. And the the final episode, the um, effects of that movie blow my mind mm -hmm. because the whole show blows my mind. But like, you know, the, the, they obviously had super skillful people with practical and everything else. But this is like really good level CGI uh, for, for, you know, for for the for this level of a tv show and it just mm. blows my mind of how good it was and yeah it was a fantastic finale great way to finish the season off um but yeah the actual commentary was odd because um they were they did not know whether they were gonna have a season four when they recorded mm. that commentary so they were uh, uh, so 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 bruce was tentatively signing off as ash but was like hell yeah if we come back for a season four i'm down guys <laughs> and like the guy who wrote it was and obviously brandy was and they're all like yeah let's hope we get a season four gang and it was it was very odd like that mm. was like their sign off like goodbye maybe forever but hopefully not mm. and it, it, yeah it, it's a shame sucked. because mm. yeah i i kind of wish that they had re-record you know there's a re-recorded version where they can just talk about the fact that this is his final moments as ash mm. because they even like joke about it where the director guy is like this is this was like your final shit scene that we shot with you as ash and i like i would have liked to have known but it just shows that there was there wasn't actually any emotional weight to it when they shot mm. it because they were still hoping to get season four. So it feels like he didn't have that behind the scenes, like send off. 
um, to the character, which is a shame for him as well. Like, I kind of wish that they knew um, because yeah, we all felt like it was the end, but they yeah, like that's didn't. Really, that's really sad and frustrating to hear because mm. yeah, I'm with you. Where even though up front they were of course saying that it wasn't the end because they wanted it to keep going, I always assumed that they knew in season three, and I, I think when we watched that finale, yeah, and felt- obviously. Yeah. Well, obviously, it had been cancelled, but when we watched that finale that obviously had been filmed way before that, it felt like they knew, because to me, that felt like a series finale. It did not feel like a season finale. Mm-hmm. It felt like it felt like there's no way we could possibly make another season after this ending. Um, and yeah. so, yeah. it's and, like I, say, I, and, and with that episode, it's such a higher level of scale mm, than anything they've ever done. And, like, yeah. it, it really did feel like the sign-off. And, yeah, when it... it, it it was disappointing to hear the commentary and hear them talk that way. Um, yeah, because I, I listened to the first episode with commentary, and that was awesome to hear, like from Bruce and Sam talking about, like, well, how the hell did an Evil Dead TV show get made? And they spent like a whole episode talking about that. And yeah, I well, was that's lo- what I thought this episode would. Yeah, be. I, I wanted yeah, to hear like not. a look back on, like, wow, you know, this is this adventure. This was all these years of our lives, and God, can you believe we had three three seasons of this? And yeah, it's a shame yeah. that it wasn't that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's really what I thought it would be, and yeah, mm. it's not at all. No. Oh, well, that's frustrating. Um, but hey, the show's awesome. Yes, the show is absolutely incredible. <laughs> it's so, so good. I, I never, I'm glad that it's like the mainstay where we just continue to talk about it forever because we should. <laughs> it yeah, deserves and, it more than And we will. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for this week. Um, as we discussed, there's loads of on-demand stuff coming uh, or, or and has already arrived, um, which we'll get to most of it on Shudder. Um, and yeah, we're only, what, a few more weeks from Fright Fest now. So then we'll have to figure out how I mean, the I'm hell not. we're going to cover that for the show because <laughs> we'll be seeing a lot of movies. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. But yeah, stay tuned for all that good stuff. Um, but that was episode 206. Uh, thanks for listening as always. And we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone. Shut up, I can't Mainly because I never could And how could I start that?